Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Brian, it's officially summer vacation. It sure is, Meredith. So, do you have any plans? Yeah, I think I'll probably swim a lot and play with our dog in the backyard. How about you? I'm going to play with our dog in the backyard. Okay. And I think I'll also swim a lot. Okay. And because it's summer, that also means that I have more time for stargazing, watching the night sky, you know? Well, that is a coincidence because we received a fantastic question from our listener community, and this one's all about how we look at the sky at night. I'm Meredith Stepien. And I'm Brian Holden, and this is Reaching Out from Reach, a space podcast for kids. This week, we're very excited to welcome back Jawalda Morancy, who, in addition to being a REACH special contributor, is an author and an aerospace systems engineer at Blue Origin, to answer a great question that came to us via email from Taylor in Pennsylvania. Taylor asks, what are the different types of telescopes and what are they used for? Oh, that's a good one. Take it away, Jawalda. Thanks. That's a great question. Our night sky is filled with tons of light from distant stars, galaxies, and more. Telescopes allow us to analyze this light, and from this, we can learn more about what stars are made of, what kind of chemical elements make up an exoplanet's atmosphere, and last, but certainly not least, the very processes that created our universe in the first place. Astronomers use telescopes because the light from these objects is so far away from us. It's too faint to see with our own human eyes. In addition, there are many types of light that our eyes aren't even able to process. Telescopes fix these problems for us. They can collect a lot of light from distant objects, and we can build telescopes that detect various types of light. Though, how exactly are they able to do this? First, we must distinguish between the different types of telescopes that exist. The electromagnetic spectrum contains all the light we can observe in the universe. However, different types of light require different technologies. The size and type of telescopes an astronomer uses depends on what and where in the universe they are looking. The different types of telescopes include X-ray telescopes, which look at X-ray light that has a shorter wavelength than ultraviolet light, ultraviolet telescopes, which look at ultraviolet light and have a shorter wavelength than visible light, optical telescopes, which mainly look for visible light that we can see with our own eyes, infrared telescopes, which look at infrared light and has a longer wavelength than visible light, submillimeter telescopes, which look at microwave light and have a longer wavelength than infrared light, and lastly, radio telescopes, which look at radio light that has the longest wavelengths. Another way to classify telescopes is by where they are situated. Ground telescopes sit still on Earth and do not move locations. 
there are flying telescopes that are located on airplanes, and lastly, there are space telescopes that are launched into, you guessed it, outer space. Today we're going to focus on optical and radio telescopes since they are the most well known, and their technologies are also used in other types of telescopes. The first optical telescopes built by early astronomers used large glass lenses to magnify and concentrate light coming from outer space. This is what we call a refracting telescope. Its invention is credited to a Dutch eyeglasses maker named Hans Lippershey. Refracting telescopes consist of a long metal, wood, or plastic tube that holds a large curved glass lens at one end. We call this the objective lens. After the light passes through the objective lens, it is refracted or bent into a single point called the focal point. A second lens called the eyepiece magnifies this focused light, allowing us to see the image. Our eyes work similarly to capture light, so refracting telescopes are just giant eyeballs. The other type of optical telescopes astronomers use is called a reflecting telescope, and this is because it uses mirrors instead of lenses. Its creation is credited to the famous scientist Isaac Newton. Instead of light passing through the objective lens, a large curved mirror sits at the bottom of the telescope. This is known as the primary or objective mirror. It reflects and bends the light onto a secondary mirror, which then reflects into an eyepiece. The advantage of a reflecting telescope include mirrors being much lighter than lenses, making it easier and cheaper to launch into space. They are also easier to shape into a smooth, curved surface, preventing any obstructed view of space. You'd want your telescope to be as clean and perfect as possible. The Hubble Space Telescope is a type of reflecting telescope, and it has provided us with astonishing images of cosmological objects deep in our universe, some over 13 billion light years away. A similarity between reflecting and refracting telescopes is that their size, which is called their aperture, determines how much light they can collect and how far they can see. There are also catadioptric telescopes that use both lenses and mirrors to analyze incoming light. Now, let's move on to how radio telescopes work. When you think of a radio, you may naturally think of the one in your car where you can listen to different stations depending on what frequency they are broadcasting on. Radio astronomers do something similar with their telescopes. They pick up on incoming radio signals from various particles, galaxies, and stars. So how do they actually work? Incoming radio waves pass through Earth's atmosphere and hit a curved antenna dish that reflects and bends the light into a secondary reflector. This focuses that light onto a receiver. Since radio waves are long, the radio antenna dish has to be large. The collected radio waves are then amplified so astronomers can study them more clearly. An advantage of radio telescopes over other types is that you can use them throughout the day and night. Optical telescopes require only nighttime use so that our own sunlight does not interfere with any observations astronomers do. Astronomers use arrays of radio telescopes to improve the overall resolution, effectively creating in combination one giant radio telescope. One of my favorite arrays of radio telescopes is the one used by the SETI Institute, which is an acronym for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. They utilize radio telescopes to look for alien signals and technologies across the universe. If you had a telescope, what in our universe would you try to look at? Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? 
We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Wow, that was great. So Brian, what do you want to look at with our telescope? Well, this summer is packed with celestial events. We just experienced amazing summer solstice viewing. And between July 19th and 21st, there will be three nights where you can see Venus and Mars, the star Regulus, and quite possibly the planet Mercury sitting on the horizon. Ooh, yes, and I'm excited for the Perseid meteor shower later this summer with peak viewing August 12th and 13th. You can see upwards of 100 meteors per hour on a clear night. That's always a great one. Big thanks to Taylor from Pennsylvania for that great question and to Jawalda for teaching us more about telescopes. If you want to learn even more about telescopes, we've provided some resources in our show notes, including links to our friends at NASA's Space Place. We've also included a link to Jawalda Morancy's amazing middle grade book, Aliens, Join the Scientists Searching Space for Extraterrestrial Life, which is now available everywhere from Neon Squid Books and Macmillan Publishers. Got a question about space? Let us know. Get your parents' permission and give us a call at 312-248-3402. Then leave us a message with your first name, where you're from, and your question for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. We can also accept your questions via email. Just send us your first name, where you're from, and what question you'd like answered at reachthepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this week on Reaching Out, where your hosts, Meredith Stepien and Brian Holden. Reach is produced and edited by Nate DeFort and created by Sandy Marshall and Nate DeFort. Our theme song and additional music was composed by Jesse Case. And our logo was created by Stephen Lyons. Reach is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts. 